0: This week on Beyond Stillness, Stories After Stroke, we spend our second week with Sue Phipps. Last week, she shared a writing from 10 years after her stroke. And this week, she shares a recent piece entitled Positive Resilience. Sue Phipps is innately joyful. She lives in Kirkland, Washington with her loving husband, Neil. She has developed a deep sense of trust through small coincidental moments and those of struggle like her time with breast cancer, mitral valve prolapse, and our focus of this story, her major stroke. She credits her friends, family, and God for helping her approach recovery with positive resilience. Thank you for joining us for part one. Sue Phipps' story of positive resilience. Hello, and welcome to Beyond Stillness. Stroke offers a powerful, life-changing shift in perspective. Each colorful memory creates a parable for life's greater teachings, a compass for journeys ahead and inspired wisdom for unique growth. This radio show, Beyond Stillness, offers an hour of pause for storytelling and reflection. Ultimately, Beyond Stillness is a welcoming environment that reveres the moment beyond strokes paralysis. Still moments unite humanity and divinity. I'm your host, Molly Bucola. Sue carries an innately joyful spirit. She lives in Kirkland, Washington, with her loving husband, Neil. She enjoys time with friends and family and plays Mahjong weekly. Sue is also very involved in her women's Bible study group. Her story is entitled Positive Resilience. Now we take a moment of pause to call to mind moments that bring joy. Think of a time you felt seen, truly seen for the innately loving human you are. Sit in that moment, acknowledge the way you felt as uniquely known and loved. And give thanks. Now, think of a time you saw someone else deeply. A time you were able to see them with their fears, apprehensions, along with their wonder, joy, gifts, talents. Sit in that moment. Acknowledging the way you felt and your ability to see that person as whole, as blessed. And give thanks. All right, Sue, I'm going to hand it over to you. Sue Phipps' story. Thank you, Molly.
1: I have been surrounded by love and support from day one. My parents said that even as a toddler, I was positive and joyful and like fish to water. I thrived in that atmosphere. I didn't quite realize it until dad included this in his toast at my wedding and all of the people in the room nodded in agreement. This has served me well throughout my life and fueled my resilience. In 1990, Just after a year of my marriage to Neil, I suffered an aneurysm and a cerebral hemorrhage the size of a baseball on the left side of my brain. I was in a coma for five days. What a blessing that I came out of it at all. But I still had disabilities I needed to deal with. I was paralyzed on the right side. I could not speak. And the next step was neurosurgery. Before he went into the operating room, the neurosurgeon met with my family and said he needed a decision from my family to let him know how much he should do to keep me alive. What measures he should take. If things were not going well, Neil told him to do anything and everything to keep me alive. But my dad, a neurologist, was cautious. He had had patients with worse outcomes following less trauma. Wait, Neil, you don't know what you're going to be left with, he said. Neil responded, but... I need to take care of Sue. He stayed positive, never believing I wouldn't come through all of it. The surgery was a success, but I had aphasia and problems with my eyesight following it. Dad continued the theme of positivity He told my family to respond to me as though I made perfect sense and to interact with me as though nothing had changed. In the same way, even though I had lost the ability to to understand what other people were saying, I became a very good actress. If someone were laughing, I would laugh. If people looked concerned, so did I. Through the next 10 years, I went through difficult times feeling like a victim and losing my purpose in life. I always came back to the optimism and trust that I could get through whatever came my way. In this story, I will share specific ways this positive resilience showed me, showed in my recovery. It had been about a year since my stroke. After months of constant support and love from my family and friends, everyone's lives returned to normal as they should. Unfortunately, my life didn't, and it never would. For the first time in my life, I was depressed. I continued to have aphasia and a few seizures. Although I was improving, I still couldn't drive. It took two years until that happened. I was always a content, generally happy person, but not now. For the first time in my life, I was feeling alone. I talked to my dad all about it. I was venting to him about how unfair this all was. And his wise comment to me was, Sue, although you feel that way now, age is the common equalizer. Now I know he's right. But my family and friends always helped pull me through those difficult times. A perfect example was in 1991, a year into my recovery. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. I couldn't drive because of my seizures or understand any words because of my aphasia. I was so frustrated. But one afternoon, I received a letter with no return address. I opened it and began to read the carefully typed words. I teared up first, then I cried, then I sobbed. It was from my friend from college, Todd Gardner. Here
2: is what he wrote.
0: And now Sue's husband, Neil, will read the poem.
2: A soul so gentle, a spirit, spirit so warm, eyes sparkle with joy and love, a silken beauty with nothing that nothing could harm, a kind spirit blessed from above. Born into a family of love and grace, destined for one of her own. The touch of her presence no one can replace Many seeds of joy she has sown. O oh, descendant of Job, fate hasn't been fair to one who does nothing but please. Yet her spirit refuses to wilt in despair as her heart fights a senseless disease. Then, behind the warm glow of that beautiful smile, a small vessel betrays God's child. Her body appeared to have walked its last mile, yet she fights her way back to our side. What deep well of strength lies within this fair frame, and why does God test her so? She's committed no crime, shoulders no blame for the pain she must undergo. Yet with each mounting challenge on her organs within, her spirit transcends life anew. A power wells up from a soul without sin to see each new battle through. A husband and family smile through silent tears as they search for a reason why. But it's Sue who comforts their pain and their fear, a will to live that won't die. The flower of youth blossoms brightly within a body that's battered and torn. Please God. Now let the healing begin. For us, Sue is reborn.
1: Wow. Okay, that was very special that you read that, Neil. That was really special. Oh, boy. (laughs) Wow. The beautiful, touching words from my friend brought me gratefulness. I knew with friends like Todd and others, I could get through this. They reminded me of how fortunate I was. That helped me, that helped me remain positive and develop resilience. Another example of friendship and support was in 1991, when a group of friends wanted to do something for me, but we lived in San Carlos, California, and they lived in Seattle. They knew I couldn't drive. And there was no Uber at that time, but because Neil was working long hours at American Express, I needed to figure out how to get around. My wonderful friends created something called Friends of Sue Fund, that was long before GoFundMe. They connected our friends and worked and work associates by phone and they raised money for me. I used the money to pay for taxis to go to my doctor's appointments, and it also paid for my home care and occupational therapy, physical therapy, and speech therapy. The whole experience was inspiring. Ten years after my recovery, we had a celebration we invited all of our family, friends, and those who donated to the Friends of Sioux Fund. We wanted to thank everyone and to thank God. My dad shared that, not that night that as a physician, he really didn't believe in miracles. But in my situation, and my recovery, he saw too many things he couldn't explain. He saw the little miracles. I've also seen Little Miracles myself. I found them when I was talking, when I was taking classes in a writing in, to be a writer. In 1992, I was struggling to find words. It was frustrating and sometimes disorienting, disorienting. But I continued to pretend that everything was fine, as did the people around me. This was helpful in breaking the victim mentality. I was persistent. I knew I had trouble finding the right words, but I pretended I didn't and I would and I would keep pushing forward, trying things that challenged me. During my recovery, I lost a sense of purpose. So, I signed up for a writing class. I had a lot of stories to tell, so maybe that would be my purpose, was to be a writer. It was crazy, since I had aphasia. I didn't, couldn't come up with the right words. Although it was slow, I read Julia Camer- Cameron's book, An Artist's Way. It invited people to write three stream of consciousness pages each morning. I think it improved my work usage. It was really helpful. Through my classes, my writing classes, we wrote essays. I wrote about my migraines, my first kiss, family members who were in the war, and a letter I wrote to Kenny Loggins. I was so inspired by his song, Brighter Days. His words were a perfect articulation of my feelings after the stroke. I admired the way he was able to find just the right words. One morning, while I was sitting at my desk trying to type something, anything, I found I was just blank. It was, frust- it was frustrating. But I stopped, I took a deep breath, and I prayed to God, Come on, God, I have to write this writing class. Please, please help me with this. Within 20 minutes, it was crazy. The words came to me. They were perfect for what I was trying to write. It didn't happen just once. It happened over and over again. If I sat, I took a deep breath, and I asked God for help, words came to me that fit the story. But they weren't my words, I swear to you. The words were too complex to be mine. Some were so unfamiliar that I didn't even know the definitions. It was like God was my writing partner. Those times were, to me, little miracles. The experience in writing reminded me of the importance of trust. I set myself up with challenges and when I reached a point that I could no longer push forward, I stopped, stepped back, and handed it over to God. But I forgot that trust. I forgot that trust when we were in Lake Tahoe, probably 5 to 6 years post post-stroke. Neil and I were having dinner with friends and a few acquaintances. Twelve people were sitting around the table. I felt that there were too many conversations going on, which is always very difficult for me. When dinner was over, our friends, Sally and Dan, suggested that we play a card game. I was a little apprehensive. Twelve people focused all on one person at a time. It made me nervous. 15 minutes into the game, I was overwhelmed. There were too many, too, there was too much laughter. It was too loud and there were too many cards to keep track of. It was taxing on me so much that I couldn't keep track of the conversation at all. I knew I had to leave the room. I went to bed listening to all of the laughter in the other room. I started to cry. After many months and years of praying to God, asking him to guide me and teach me of what I was going to do with my life, I felt as though he wasn't listening. It obviously wasn't to be a writer. I was angry, so mad at God. What's the point? I don't have any purpose in my life. The next day I woke up still depressed about the night before. As usual, I pretended to be content and happy as we headed out to the airport. While sitting on the plane, I started reading a magazine called The Disability, disability Today. I had subscribed for a year but only received one copy. I read th- a three-paragraph article about a new television channel called the Disability Channel. Before my stroke aneurysm, I my job was to work as a marketing and affiliate representative for C-SPAN, Net, Netlink, and Showtime Channel. I traveled around the country. When I saw that there was the channel specific to disability, like being, like hearing about someone who had a stroke, I couldn't believe it. I thought this was the perfect fit in my life at this time. When we got home, I called the company, now called Kaleidoscope, and I spoke with the vice president. Phyllis Nichols. She asked me to send her resume and list my work experience as well as my hobbies. At that time, I was involved with an international weekly Bible study called BSF. I thought it might be a little bit strange to add that on my resume, but since it was a big part of my life, I included BSF to my resume. Phyllis called me right back and asked, did you know that I'm very involved with BSF? No, I didn't. I responded that the global corporation headquarters is right here in San San Antonio, Texas. This coincidence left us both in disbelief. It was another little miracle. The whole situation had God's fingerprints all over it. Every time I give up, God is there. Even though he puts me on a different path than the one I think I should I should be on, over the years, I've learned to trust him. I know that all the little miracles that have occurred in my life are more like just are more than just coincidences. They've happened over and over and over again. These have occurred through my life in small ways, like finding the right words or bigger situations like finding purpose in my life, and life-saving events like radiation, to treat my breast cancer, and open-heart surgery to treat mitral valve prolapse, and of course, my stroke. I just turned 70. Looking back on everything, and especially my stroke 33 years ago, I've I've grown and adapted. The stroke greatly changed my life, but the true me has been here all along. I approached my recovery and daily life with positive positivity and gratitude. The support and love my family, friends, and God have offered me over the past several years have helped me stay optimistic and full of joy. I ask, I trust, and I believe. When you and I first met Molly, we discussed what I wanted to call my story. I said positive resilience without even thinking about it. Those two words were given to me. I didn't come up with them. They were like the ones in the past. God gave them to me. I am truly grateful. Mm -hmm. In looking back. I honestly believe that it was because of the support and love of family and friends, of my positive resilience that God kept replenishing, and all the little miracles that God worked throughout my life.
0: Sue, that's beautiful. Thank you for telling us about the, the coincidences and your internal joy and your supportive family and friends and the way that God has worked through you. It's a beautiful journey. He really He
1: truly has, even at those times that I've thought, "Where are you?"
0: He, he ends up showing up. Sue, thank you.
1: Thank you, Molly.
0: And now we'll take a moment of pause. Think of a time when your positive resilience showed up in your recovery. How have you cultivated that positive resilience? Who and what has helped you to do so? How has positive resilience helped fuel your journey through recovery, and give thanks. Thank you for devoting time and space to listen to part one, Sue Phipps' story of resilience. Stick with us for part two, Sue Phipps' interview of Positive Resilience. Each colorful memory creates a parable for life's greater teachings, a compass for journeys ahead, and inspired wisdom for unique growth. In this episode of Beyond Stillness, guest Sue Phipps offered her story entitled Positive Resilience. She shared about how her friends and family reminded her of who she innately is and kept motivating her through recovery. She also notes that many coincidences, miracles, and God continue to guide her life. If you enjoyed this moment of pause for storytelling and reflection, please like, share, or subscribe to the Beyond Stillness Stories After Stroke podcast. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, as part of the stroke community, you are more than supportive. You are inspirational.
2: If you're a part of the stroke community and have a story you'd like to share on the show, please contact us, email m-o-l-l-y at beyondstillness.org.